the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. I'm just leaving up there. He couldn't make that if he tried that again. Absolutely not. Spread the floor. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by professional better Raheem Palmer and NBA analyst Joe Delera. This is your Thursday workshop, breaking down the two games on the slate. Fellas, we are back to the big TNT night. Football's over, so the NBA is like, we'll go ahead and creep back in and have a night where there's only two games on the slate, even though there's like 15 on Wednesday and Friday, because that makes sense. So we only got two games on the slate, but they are big games. So we'll go ahead and break this down the best that we can. As a reminder, all these bets you can track in the Action Network app the best way for you to track your picks, get up to the second information on where the tickets and money are coming in, models, projections, our analysis, all that in the award-winning Action Network app. So, Joe, with only two games, tough slate. Where are you going with your best bet for Thursday night? Yeah, this slate's a little tough, but my first or really my best bet for the whole night is going to be the Warriors minus five against the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Warriors are at home here. They kind of have been struggling a little bit on the offensive end the past couple of weeks, you know, since Draymond's been out, but they still are posting pretty good numbers. I mean, they have a plus 5.4 point differential. They're five and three over the last two weeks, and they absolutely exploded the other night against the Mavericks. And, you know, they dropped like 130 points. So I don't know if we can expect 130 points again, but the thing is over the last two weeks, uh, their defenses remain solid, even without Draymond Green. So I like that aspect for this Warriors team. And also the the Timberwolves, their defense has kind of struggled over the last two weeks. While they've been good uh, for on the season, they have the 10th best uh, you know defensive rating. They're allowing 109.4 points per 100 possessions. Over the last two weeks, they're allowing 113.7. And some of that might have to do with the fact that Patrick Beverly has been missing and he's still he, they're still holding him out a little bit for the, uh, they held him out last game. His status is kind of up in the air for this game. And without him to kind of be a pest to Steph or Clay, I think that that could open up the perimeter a little bit more. And from a prop angle, just to throw this out there, if Beverly is ruled out right now, D'Angelo Russell's assist prop is at six and a half. He's gone over that number every single game that Patrick Beverly hasn't played except for last time seven out of eight games uh, he's gone over that prop line so definitely something to keep an eye out for Uh, so with that just given the matchup I think the Warriors might be able to snap out of their offensive woes uh, and maybe they turned a corner against the Mavs and with this Timberwolves defense I could see them being able to keep that up today so I'll take the Warriors minus five this is an interesting one for me. So long time listeners know that I use two different models. There's one that's a matchup model. It tries to figure out their half court and transition edges. And the other one's more of a power rating base. Like how do you perform versus an average team? So the power rating has this Warriors minus 9.3. We'll chop off three points for Draymond and we get the 6.3 and we still got a slight edge on Golden State. The matchup model, which loves the Wolves, it loves the Wolves because of their half-court defense. It just, my model just absolutely is like, oh, the Wolves are so wonderful. Like they just absolutely, it just adores it. And it's only got this at, at uh, Warriors minus two. Now, in those situations, like I've compared the, the results on them, I've done better trusting the matchup model. Raheem, what do you have Warriors-Wolves for the side? And then we can talk about the total here in a second. I actually have it at Warriors minus 8.7. Okay. So we take 8.7 and we take off three points for Draymond. 
based on the full season numbers, that gets us to basically 5.7 right around the number probably wouldn't be a play. Do you like the side on either one of these, Ryan? I think I would lean towards the Warriors just because I do think the Warriors have found something um, based on what I saw the other night. I don't think that was a fluke. And the way the Minnesota Timberwolves, they played against the, the Blazers, I think they, I mean, they pretty much had to fight back to win that game. And they're going to be facing a, a better defensive team in the Warriors. And I think the Warriors have found something offensively. So I've been, I've been talking crazy about the Warriors for weeks, but this might be the time to jump back on. This probably goes towards Warriors, right? Like this probably moves to six or six and a half. We would think that the public would probably jump in on the Warriors. Like no one really realizes the Wolves are a 500 team that's hanging in the playoff race. Uh, Joe, is there a, is there a, a, a buy point for the Wolves for you? Like if it's a six and a half, do you go the other way or do you still like the Warriors? Yeah. In that I think maybe if it hits seven, um, I think that, cause I think I saw last night uh, actually like at win, they had it at six okay. and I was like, I don't think I like, I don't know if I like either side. Um, so I think if it went to Wolves plus seven, I think that that might be a buy. Maybe like you, like, I don't know if I'd try to middle it cause that's so, such a slim margin yeah. there. But I think it's seven. Like if this game's seven and you're listening to this podcast, I think you could take you could take the Wolves at plus seven. That's a, that's a big number. You know what's annoying? I really wish you could tease NBA games. You just can't. There's no profit margin there. It's like an absolute zero. But like this is like a great spot that I would be like, oh, we could just throw the Warriors in a tease. Like let's just get the Warriors down to to one and a half or or one and be done with it. We'll just take them on the month. But you can't do it. There's zero edge on teasers in the NBA. Sadly, uh, Raheem, what's your best bet for Thursday night? Yeah, I'm going with the over 217 and a half in this Lakers Philadelphia 76ers game. Actually, I think it's 218. My model makes it 218. But when you look at these two teams, neither one of them are great at defending the rim. Despite the presence of Joel Embiid, they're allowing teams to shoot 65% of the rim. That's 18th among NBA teams. When you look at the Lakers, they're allowing teams to shoot 65.7%. That's 25th among NBA teams. Philadelphia defense, they're 24th in transition defense. That's an area where the Lakers can thrive. They can get out and push the pace and score points. And when you look at what the Philadelphia 76ers have done, they've struggled with teams who can get out and transition and, and score points. Look, when you look at their schedule, they played the Washington Wizards recently. Washington Wizards scored 117 points. The Magic put up 110. The Spurs, 109. The Pelicans put up 107. Why can't this Lakers team do the same with the Sixers doing 110? Also, when you look at these two teams, one thing that stands out is that both of these teams are top 10 and free throws. So we're going to see these teams go to the line a lot. And obviously, Joel Embiid is going to be able to get some fouls. He's kind of like the, the center version of James Hart in terms of just going out there looking for free throws. And we know LeBron James is going to get to the line. And then also when you look at the Lakers, they are at the bottom of the league in terms of fouls. So I like this game to go over. I, I just think Anthony Davis adds another scoring threat. And I think 218 is probably a little bit too low, even though that's exactly where my model makes. All right. So I got this projected for the under. Let me ask you this. All right. So hear me out. Um, the Lakers half-court offense has been mediocre. And the Sixers half-court defense has been really good. So you would think that like the Lakers would probably struggle in that specific side of the matchup. Do we agree on that? Yes. Okay. So I think one of the things you got to realize is there's no Danny Green. So they don't really have the only wing that they have out there is Tobias Harris. 
But who, so are you worried, like you, but who are you worried about scoring on the wing for the Lakers? LeBron. Yeah, but Danny's not guarding LeBron. It's going to be. That's true. It, it's going to be. Too, oh, oh, I can't believe I just realized this. Oh, OK. I, I have my best bet for the night. Uh, but yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be like Tobias. Right. So like LeBron should be able to do whatever. But I just don't know if they have enough shooting to be able to really hurt the Sixers. Like I've got this as a pretty low scoring game in the half court. The transition stuff's really interesting, right? Where the, where the Sixers are this super efficient half or transition offensive team, but they just don't run it a lot. Like they, they just don't run. So I'm not like, I just, I have a hard time identifying like what's the big scoring advantage. If you have a Sixers team that doesn't take a lot of threes and doesn't run versus a Lakers team that struggles to score and doesn't have shooting. I'm like trying to figure out like where, what's the, do you just kind of think that the Sixers will play faster in this game versus some of the others? I have the Lakers playing faster. I think that's that's where the edge is. Okay. If the Lakers go out there and push the pace, I think they have a real advantage. Uh, and Sixers are, yep, you're right. They are 28th in transition defense per possession. And they allow a pretty decent amount. Okay. All right. All right. I'll take it. Fair enough. Okay. Um, I'm going to stick with my original best bet. I will talk about two here for me. One. I like a money line parlay because you know me, Raheem. I love those. I love the sweet money line parlays. Uh, let's do the favorites here. Let's do the Warriors and the Sixers because we like the Warriors. The questions what like, I'll just tell you based off of what we're talking about with Joe, if this gets to seven, like that's a buy point for me on on the, the Wolves. I can't, I'm not laying seven. I'm buying seven. Um, I don't think I want to lay five and a half. So, but uh, you're actually getting pretty good value, honestly, on both of these money lines. You can get them at a pretty good price. So at that point, I'm taking the Sixers, who are just been the better team. The Lakers have not had a good record versus teams over 500. I don't like the matchup for them trying to go against MB. Like if Davis tries, he's going to get bullied and probably get banged up and have to leave the game. Um, and then we'll take Golden State. Now, here's the, here's the other side of that, because like it's hard not to just fade the Lakers in the spot because the Sixers are good. I do want to bring this up. Okay. I'm going to be playing LeBron props overs. And the reason is go to YouTube and look up LeBron James, Tobias Harris. Go look that up. This is back in like 2000. And I think it was 10. It was when Tobias is with the magic. Tobias Harris is universally known as like one of the nicest guys, like friends with Bobby and like everyone loves him. And just like, just like a nice guy. Like it's, there's like no real problem with Tobias Harris. However, however, um, LeBron James, Tobias scored on him back in like 2010 and then said something to him. And since that point, LeBron has taken every single matchup very seriously and has been asked about it. And he's like, no, I have no problem with Tobias. I have no problem with him. But like, Every time, if you go look at the matchup numbers for LeBron versus Tobias, LeBron plays with an edge. For whatever, of, of all the people, LeBron has a, a, a thing, a vendetta against Tobias Harris. And Love so, and I, so I'm going to be on LeBron props for the night. I don't want to trust the Lakers, but I will trust LeBron. I'm going to look at the same game parlay that Sixers win and LeBron props. We'll try and put those together for a... A big That's one. I, I gotta look this up. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'll send you the video, and we'll we'll try and get it linked in the in the podcast comments because, like, I I used to talk about it a lot by um, 
uh, on CBS when I was doing stuff. Like there was this weird game where Tobias is with the magic and he talked like he just ran his mouth. And since that point, LeBron has had issues. Like he's just gone. He's had a little bit of an edge with anytime that he plays Tobias Harris. It's very strange of all the people he has. He has problems with Tobias Harris. So a little bit, a little bit of an edge for you there. That's my motivational edge for the Thursday slate. Quick slate tonight, quick podcast. Make sure to subscribe to Buckets. Follow us on YouTube. If you are listening to this podcast and you want to catch these lines when they are fresh and hot out the oven, we do the Wednesday and Thursday workshops at seven o'clock. So the Wednesday workshop is Tuesday night at seven. The Thursday night is Wednesday night at seven. Make sure to check out Heat Check on Wednesdays at six Eastern. That's where our breakdown for the Wednesday show. And next week, premiere of Daily Buckets. It's a 10-minute best bet show. No frills. Our producer, Dan Titus, is not going to let me talk back to the guys at all. I just get the picks and we get out. It's quick and effective picks for you for betting the NBA nightly. Check it out in the feed, Buckets Podcast. Thanks for joining us, everybody. For Joe DeLara and Raheem Palmer, let's get buckets. Thanks for joining us.